Upstream with Jim and John. This is supposed to be father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. However, John is on vacation this week, and so I am flying solo. This is Jim. Welcome. Thanks for listening. When I was on vacation, John did a John Thoughts episode, and so we're going to do the same today with a Jim Thoughts episode. Here's where we're going today. I want to describe to you. Uh, how to stay sane, how I am staying focused and sane. And yes, it is a battle. Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I get frustrated. But I'm going to talk to you about how I stay focused and sane. This is a help for those of you who fight anxiety, fear, discouragement, depression uh, because of the environment that we're in. So stay tuned. I hope you're uh, nestled in, working out, driving your car drinking a coffee, sitting on your deck, whatever uh, context you're in, take a deep breath. I'm going to take about 20 minutes of your time and hopefully give you some real encouragement. The environment we're in today is basically what uh, leadership worlds and the military world would call a VUCA environment. That is, it is high in volatility, high in uncertainty, high in complexity, and high in ambiguity. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, which means that the ability to predict accurately the future is gone. The ability to uh, get clarity about how to make certain decisions because of the predictability of things is gone. The simplicity of things, being able to understand a certain thing is difficult because things are so intertwined and complex and things are ambiguous. So in the military world, when a group of soldiers prepare a military strategy and then uh, they work that plan and work that plan, work that plan. Then when they show up on the battlefield and those first bombs drop and things go chaotic, it is very uh, easy for those plans to be uh, worthless. But all that planning has prepared them on how to think in the middle of a VUCA environment. I could run down the list of everything that's making life so hard, but you know what those are. You watch the news, you, you're on Facebook and Twitter, and you're uh, reading stuff, and, um, there's, and, and you're feeling what you're feeling. But let's just sum it up this way. It is a VUCA environment, and our ability to have predictability about our world is diminishing. Our sense of control has been reduced, and this is creating an opportunity for us to have uh, a real struggle with mental and emotional health. And that's my biggest concern right now is that uh, you be able to focus. Um, and so um, here's, the, here's the two options for you. One, and I've wrestled with these options and entertained them both uh, in depth. Option one is to run away. Uh, maybe find a place that the world is less VUCA. Maybe go to a place where things are more predictable and the people are more monochromatic like you not necessarily in race, but probably so, but also in the way they view the world, the way they think politically, the way they believe a community should operate, et cetera, et cetera. And so one option is to pack it up and run because people are working remotely now. A lot of people are asking themselves, why do I live here? And they're realizing I could live anywhere and do my job. So why don't I open my thinking and consider where I would like to live? You're going to see a lot of migration 
I think, in the next 18 months. And so you might be one of those people and you think, well, where would I go? I would love to live somewhere that's smoother, safer, uh, more confluent with me, congruent with me. I'm not sure what word I'm trying to find there. And so uh, for me on my motorcycle ride vacation, I found some places like that. Uh, two of them that I would like to mention to you are Kanab, Utah and Cedar City, Utah. Um, now, the thing about these two towns, and there were more, I fell in love with Cortez, Colorado. I fell in love with Page, Arizona. I fell in love with St. George, Utah. For years, I've had an, a, a love affair with St. George, Utah, even though I had never been there before. But on my visit, all of my affection for that place was confirmed. What a great spot. And St. George is big. It's, uh, I'd say, a couple hundred thousand people in the area. Beautiful scenery, one hour from Lake Powell. Uh, it could be an incredible place to live. But let me focus on Kanab and Cedar City because these are kind of cool towns. Now, Kanab, Utah is probably three to 5,000 people. Um, it, is at, it is at the gateway of some of the most amazing, beautiful scenery, multiple national parks, um, and, you know, the dream was let's move to Kanab. I was shocked to find that there was no restaurant in Kanab city in Kanab, Utah called Kanab's kebabs. And I saw, I thought, well, there's our business idea. We moved to Kanab, Utah, start a little restaurant called Kanab's kebabs and nestle in. Now, uh, Kanab is a cowboy Mormon town. So it's lily white, um, very clean, very safe. I don't know if there's Mormon cowboys or if there's cowboys and Mormons, and I'm not mocking Mormons here. I just, uh, I really appreciate the way they run a, a community, uh, but it's clearly a Mormon uh, community. Really cool. <clears throat> now, Cedar City is larger. It's, uh, it's a bigger town, and the reason I would choose Cedar City is it is, uh, again, on the edge of beautiful scenery. Really cool town, much bigger town, and Cedar City has a Starbucks, as well as many, many restaurants I love. Kanab uh, is all local stuff and very small town. Anyway, so I played around with, you know, maybe I should become a Utah guy, load up my family, persuade all my kids and their kids, let's all move to Kanab or Cedar City, Utah, or even St. George. Um uh, we even looked at housing and jobs in St. George uh, with my son just to have some fun there. Uh, and so the temptation is, well, let's run away to a safer world. Let's take control in this VUCA environment and create a world where it's less VUCA. And uh, that's certainly an option, and you may choose that. However, as I processed all of that, that is not, in fact, what God has for me. What God has for me is to... Uh, fix my eyes on him and on the mission to which I am called and the mission to which my family can serve to think of the bigger God story. And so at the end of the day, uh, God doesn't care where you live. God doesn't care. You know, a lot of people wrestle with what's the will of God. Whenever I was a youth pastor for lots of years, I would uh, every year I would give all the students a, an index card and a golf pencil. And I would have them write out any question they want me to answer. And for the next hour, I would sit on a stool and answer these questions. And there were three questions that were included every single time we did that. Question number one is, uh, how far can I go on a date before it's sin? 
Uh, second question that was always included in this pile is masturbation sin. And then the third question, how can I know God's will for my life? And many people struggle with how can I know God's will? Let me tell you what God's will for your life is for you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is God's will for you. It's God's will for you to be sanctified. That is for you to become more and more and more like Jesus. It is God's will that you be grateful to God and have a worshipful heart. So really, uh, with rare exception, God is less concerned about what you do and far more concerned about how you do it. Now, there are times when he's going to have the perfect will for your life, and it'll be clear, and it'll be specific, and he'll tell you. But most of the time, God would say, hey, whatever you want to do, do it with all your might, for I'm with you. Let's just do this for Jesus, through Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, and in the power of Jesus. Doesn't matter to me where you live or what you do. I think that's generally true. So uh, here's here's my encouragement to you today. Uh, when we when we find ourselves in this VUCA environment and when we find ourselves struggling for some certainty and predictability, uh, I think of when you're on a dizzying ride. Uh, figure skaters know this secret as well. When they do those really fast spins, you'll notice their eyes are fixed in one place. Uh, because the advice is when you're on a dizzying ride, find a fixed object and keep staring at the fixed object. And... Uh, Turn your head as often as you need to to keep your eye on that fixed object, and it will, t- it will minimize the dizzying impact of spinning. That fixed object for us is Jesus. Here's what I know about God. He's going to accomplish the God story no matter what. It's unstoppable. It's the winning team. He's going to accomplish his will. Um, if the United States is going to be a part of God's long-term plan, then that's not stoppable. If the United States is a disposable part of his plan, that's not stoppable. But what's going to happen is this overarching story of God, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and eventually the uh, renewal of all things, this is going to happen. And so when the world is spinning, I know that God is not spinning. And so we fix our eyes on him. We trust him. We keep connected to him. We deepen our connection to him. These are the things that will calm us down in a spinning and crazy world. So I want to take the next few minutes and tell you how I do that. I'm learning some new ways and uh, really some focal points to help me fix my eyes and thoughts um, on God and to have that translate into peace. Um, right now, in fact, I realize I'm speaking a little fast. I'm going to slow it down and I want you to begin to just, uh, ask God to give you peace in this moment. One of the things I've been practicing is this, uh, awakening idea periodically throughout the day where I'll say to the Lord, Hey, uh, Lord, uh, I'm here and you are here. And you've been in this moment long before I ever realized it. But now I'm here with you. And I'm just going to be with you, Lord, in the middle of this scenario, this spinning ride, this VUCA environment, because you're here. And it is bringing some calm to me. I've fallen in love with the Bible word shalom, which is peace is the simple translation, but it's far more 
than the absence of turbulence, and it's far more than the absence of loss of control. It is really about completeness and wholeness in God. And you can have that in any scenario. Paul can lay in a prison cell, chained to a wall, worshiping God, experiencing shalom in the middle of a terrifying, life-threatening scenario. Um, That can be you. That can be me. And so we fix our eyes on God. We ask him for his peace. And I'm going to give you just a few things that I'm doing um, that I'm praying for and trying to pursue that are bringing me this shalom, this uh, focal point, this sanity in the middle of a crazy, crazy VUCA environment. First of all, I've learned this prayer from Colossians 1, and I talked about this on Sunday at Evergreen. So if you're a part of Evergreen, you can go back and watch or listen to that. If you're not a part of Evergreen, you can go to evergreenpnw.com and find this. But there's a prayer in Colossians 1 where, where essentially Paul is praying two things for us, that God make you smart and that God make you strong. And so this is my prayer multiple times throughout the day, especially when I'm starting to get hijacked by some VUCA news. And that is, God, make me smart. And what smart means is, God, give me the knowledge of your will. God, what are your desires and wishes in this moment? And how do you want me to participate in your desires and wishes in this moment? That prayer says you get that through wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. So in other words, God, help me, Holy Spirit, guide me, empower me, speak to me, and make me smart. Wisdom and understanding means that you have a thorough grasp and a skillful ability to act. So here's that prayer. God, help me see right now in this moment what your wishes and desires are. Give me supernatural ability to thoroughly grasp the moment and to skillfully act in the middle of it for the glory of God. God, make me smart. The second prayer is God, make me strong. He then says, strengthened with all power according to to his glorious might. In other words, strengthened with all the power of God according to his might. That word might means his ability to rule over and control all things. So because I serve and walk with the ruler of all things, according to his glorious, powerful might, unstoppable might, may I be strengthened so that, it says, you will have endurance and patience so that you'll be able to stand up under any pressure, any circumstance, and the word patience means to calmly respond to any provocation. That really describes what I've been experiencing in this VUCA world. I keep getting provoked. I keep getting, uh, you know, my buttons pushed. And so uh, here's my, my two prayers there. God, make me smart. Help me to thoroughly grasp and skillfully act according to your wishes and desires right now in this moment. Make me smart. And Lord, make me strong so that I will endure, stand tall under any circumstance and that I will patiently and calmly respond to any provocation. Help me, God. So those are the first two things. God, make me smart. God, make me strong. My third prayer is, God, give me clarity of purpose. 
one of the things that helps you in a VUCA environment is to have crystal clarity about what your purpose is. And if you're a soldier in the middle of a combat, you know, they have this thing called commander's intent. The commander has made the objective crystal clear. And if everything gets crazy and unpredictable and all your, you're isolated, all your, so your platoon or whatever is gone and you're on your own, you still are driven by that primary commander's intent. This was the objective. And your job is to pursue that objective under any circumstance. That's what I need from God. God, give me clarity of purpose. What role do I serve in the middle of this VUCA environment? What purpose do I have to partner with you? Give me clarity of purpose. For me, that is helping people stay sane, stay fixed on the Lord. It's helping people navigate their emotional chaos. It's helping people spiritually, but it's also casting vision and clarity of mission for the glory of God in the middle of this world. So I have some real clear purpose there. Um, then the next one is give me community. The easiest thing to do in the middle of a VUCA environment is to isolate yourself. As you feel afraid, as you feel frustrated, as you feel angry, the temptation is to isolate. And this is the objective of our enemy is to divide and conquer. So he wants you to think you're the only one in the world who feels the way you feel. Nobody gets you. Nobody understands you. There's no one you can trust and to thoroughly isolate you. When animals hunt uh, prey, they look for the wounded, isolated, young, vulnerable animal, and they attack that one, not the big one, not in the herd. And so this is the enemy's desire. So you got to pray this, Lord, give me community. Help me love my neighbor. Help me connect to my family. Help me find connection in my community of faith. Help me find connection uh, in some way so that I am not standing alone. Give me community and give me the ability and desire to build solid community, to offer my community more than I've ever offered them before. So, so far, just to recap, God, make me smart. God, make me strong. God, give me clarity of purpose. God, give me community. And then this last thing, Lord, uh, show me how opportunities are surrounding this moment. This is a target-rich environment for the mission of Jesus. People all around you are hurting, terrified, frustrated, uh, have real needs, and you, my friend, are sitting in a target-rich environment to serve the mission of Jesus more than ever before. People who previously wouldn't listen to you now are eager to hear. People who, and, and you may have been bashful about talking about faith or telling someone, hey, I'm going to pray about that with you. Now people are eager to hear that news. So uh, you're in a, a target-rich environment. The story is told of these two guys who go, uh, this is my last story, and, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, these two guys go, and they're going to hunt wolves because uh, there's a, a bounty on wolves. This is an old story. And so uh, they're going to hunt these wolves because each wolf has like a $3,000 bounty on its head because there was a wolf infestation. And so they go out camping, and in the middle of the night, they're sleeping outside in the open air, and and one of the guys wakes up, and they are surrounded by a pack of wolves. There's like 20 of them in a circle around them. They're snarling, uh, drool running from their mouths. They are about to be viciously attacked. And he wakes up his buddy, and he says, hey, wake up. We're rich. <laughs> 
this is the reality. It's terrifying. We are surrounded by enemy activity. There is there is uh, threat and danger everywhere, and yet we are rich because we are connected to the God whose mission will not fail, whose success is guaranteed, whose provision and power is unstoppable. And friend, you are loved by him. You are redeemed by him. He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son. You are in his hand. So, God, make me smart. Give me depth of understanding and skillful ability to act your wishes and desires in every moment. God, make me strong with the power, the unstoppable, glorious might of God that I can stand up under any circumstance and I can calmly respond to provocation. God, give me clarity of purpose. Show me why I'm in this moment and what you want to do through me in this moment. God, give me community and help me build and offer solid community to others and let me see the mission opportunities in front of me and put my hand to the plow. I believe these are the things that are going to keep you sane, keep you focused, keep you energized, and all the other things going on around us are efforts carefully choreographed by a a spiritual enemy and power to distract you from this clarity, to exhaust you, to isolate you, and to destroy you. So fix your eyes and hope on Jesus. Man, I hope this has been helpful to you. It's certainly helpful to me. I feel encouraged even as I uh, describe all of this to you. If we can serve you in any way, uh, man, let us know. Thanks for listening. Pass this on to a friend who could use the encouragement. Email us at info at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. Uh, You can visit our website, jimandjohn.com. And... um, We would love to have topic suggestions from you, episode ideas, feedback, constructive. We would love to just keep improving. And we've got more things coming for you soon, so keep keep paying attention. Uh, Subscribe and listen. We're really grateful. God bless you. Have an amazing day, and thanks for being a part of the Jim and John community.